Your Only Black Friend podcast is starting the conversation about the isolating effects of growing up as an only in your friend group. Hi, I'm Tanae. My Instagram is Talented Hands by Tanae. That's T A N E E. And I'm really happy to be here right now. <laughs> when I started to grow up, like right around, like what I can remember earliest is elementary school. It was a predominantly Black school and it was pretty okay. But even then I didn't fit in. I was very different. I got picked on a lot. People just really didn't like me and I couldn't figure out why my own people were picking on me and talking about me the way that they were. Middle school, middle school was something different. That was when I entered the predominantly white space. Mm -hmm. And that was that was the beginning of my me becoming whitewashed and really just trying to downplay my blackness to fit in with everybody. Mm -hmm. And but it put me at odds with other black kids. And so once I started to break into my blackness in middle school, or at least attempt to, it put me at odds with both black and white kids mm -hmm. because I couldn't really figure out where I fit in. Mm -hmm. And then when I just really started to let go of the the white whitewashedness and that oh I'm black you know just really be myself and my own racial identity I didn't have really anybody because I was weird to white people I was weird to black people I was weird to everybody I eventually did find my group once I entered high school and it was a mix of different people and it was absolutely incredible but even then I still had some struggles with white and black kids and still have struggles with white and black people today for the most part it was pretty normal my mom and my dad praised me for my my differences and majority of my difference came from me just being very educated, very driven and very um, more mature than the kids around me. I kept my nose in my books and mm -hmm. I love to do a lot of different things that the average black child, the mm -hmm. stereotypical black child didn't enjoy doing. Like mm -hmm. I entertain other religions outside of Christianity, which definitely put me at odds with a lot of black kids who had grew up Christian and white kids who had grown up Christian. My family, especially my mom, she's pretty free flowing and she's taught me to always be very loving and accepting of everybody, regardless of race, religion, sex, all of that. So I get my spirituality from her. And I think that is another thing that put me at um, odds with people. Now it's kind of like a, it's a fad. It's a trend. For everyone to be spiritual and love crystals and da, da, da. but I was doing this way before the rest of y'all the essential oils the crystals the manifesting it was all done by me first so growing up at home wasn't too bad because my parents like I said embraced my my differences my love for learning and my big brainness middle school I definitely had a lot of white friends in middle school and they were they were genuine friends like if I called them and said that I needed something hey can you take me to the football game they'd be there you know yeah. but as far as race goes race is something I learned never to talk to them about the black kids in my school were all about being black and I couldn't be about being black one because they didn't fit in with them and two because I had white friends that race made them uncomfortable mm -hmm. so making friends and and fitting in with it with the group of people I wanted to fit in with was really hard I had some friends but the the ones that genuinely supported me and I needed to be there for my I don't know, discovering like my racial identity, there was nobody. There was nobody I could turn to besides my mom. And, and then even then, th that was a little bit bumpy because she was having a bit of a time, like mm -hmm. trying to get her daughter be 
unwhitewashed. <laughs> the very end of high school, people always just used to call me, even though in high school is when I started to have more Black friends, more Hispanic friends, more mm -hmm. more friends of color. People still used to say, oh, she acts so white. She acts so white. Mm -hmm. She is white. I was mm -hmm. like, yo, I'm about to be the darkest one in the room. I'm so confused. <laughs> the only reason I could fit into all white spaces is because I'm educated. I, I behold myself as an educated Black mm. person. And I, I can't be too big now, but mm -hmm. I'm educated enough to mm. fit into white spaces, but too educated to fit into Black ones. And I never yes. understood. Mm. I never understood that because I, we were supposed to learn and be advanced at it. We needed mm -hmm. to be advanced at it to get ahead. So why am I being shamed for my education? I'm like... No. It's not adding up. When I started cosplaying, I originally started cosplaying because I it was the summer of me going into high school. And I was, oh my gosh, like I just need a hobby. Like I can't get a job. There's nothing I can do. I babysit for like $25 a week. What can I spend my money on besides candy? Because I'm becoming a big girl now and I'm entering high school. And then I was like, costumes, conventions. I like, I don't know where the idea came from. I just remember my mom. When we used to live, we were stationed in Hawaii for three years. Mm -hmm. She went to a couple of them, and I always remember seeing pictures being like, whoa, this looks fun. So when I started cosplaying and my Instagram account was public, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I actually started getting a lot of traction on Instagram and TikTok just from the people I met on Instagram also mm -hmm. cosplaying, and I had a ton of fun. Now, predominantly, all the people I'd met on Instagram and on TikTok that were cosplaying were white. I think mm -hmm. I have like two or three black friends that cosplay that wow. I still know that yeah. I still keep in touch with so when I don't know who started I don't, I'm not sure who started it but somebody sent one of my Instagram posts to a group chat and it kind of just like went from there like I was known as the black girl who cosplayed any of the black there was no black kids at my school who cosplayed and if they did I sure didn't know about it it started like that and then everybody just started looking at me funny everybody just started treating me differently like people genuinely did not treat me as if I was black they like excluded me from all these different kinds of things. And I was like, I can identify with everything you're doing and saying, why am I being excluded from this? Yeah. My white friend group, they were really supportive and they thought everything I was doing was cool. And my makeup, hair, everything Honestly, done. Yeah. I was, I was looking good. Okay. Yeah. I've progressed now. I'm definitely a lot better. But for then I was doing amazing. There was like two black people I knew that were actually okay with it. Everybody else was like, ask me questions about it and then laugh about it behind my back. Once I entered the cosplay space, there was a lot of racism there, mm. but I did find my group of people. I have found my group of people there of POC cosplayers I can identify with and talk to about all the different things. But as far as school goes, I had like two people who genuinely supported me cosplaying. Everybody else made fun of me and wow. I could never, I would never get asked out or mm. that's a lie because I did pull a lot of people in high school but like <laughs> that was only after I like killed like I stopped cosplaying as much mm. freshman and sophomore year mm. I didn't cosplay as much oh so I remember going to school and just yeah. like I would see the way girls dress and the way that they act and the way they behave and that mm -hmm. just wasn't the way I carried myself and mm -hmm. that made me an outsider and I was like yeah my mom doesn't even let me dress that way I don't know how I'm really supposed to fit in here since we entered quarantine I really haven't had much motivation to cosplay mm -hmm. and also I became adult in quarantine so <laughs> I've had 
things to pay for essentials yeah. <laughs> yeah I won't say I don't have as much it's just not on my priority of things because honestly I could have bought four cosplays if I really wanted to I just can't find the motivation to make videos and mm-hmm. get dressed up like I used to I have to be going to a convention yeah to like really that's fair yeah be in the spirit of cosplaying mm-hmm. it's been such a long time I've been doing exotic makeup things mm-hmm. but now like big bold makeup is is deemed acceptable mm-hmm. so now the kids I used to go to school with, they follow me on Instagram. They like my posts. They comment on my posts. Yeah. But before, there was there was <laughs> no one to be found. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How are you moving forward and living your authentic truth and being Black v. Black v. Black? Like, <laughs> like what, are, what are the steps that you're taking to heal from the experiences that you had? The steps I'm taking right now is re- genuinely just finding my people. Mm-hmm. I've grown into a better person now in t- during quarantine. I can identify who is here to help me grow and who is going to be a lesson. And some, I don't always see it, as for, see it at first. Sometimes I see it like midway mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt, but I'm just going to let it play out. The steps I'm taking pretty much just includes me being able to pick out who's actually here and who's not. Mm-hmm. I've been journaling a lot and finding my people. I think mm-hmm. probably going to New York was one of the best experiences I've had is the best experience I can describe finding my people. I, there was something about that place that just made me want to get up and bust a move. The energy was so amazing there. It is nothing like the state I live in now. There's all different kinds of people there. Mm -hmm. And there's some of the, some people that looked like me, some people that didn't look like me, but we saw each other and we vibed. Mm -hmm. And the exchanges, the Mm -hmm. energy, it was just too... Not too much, but it was it was enough. It, it like that in itself was it was a healing experience. I can't wait to go back. It's yes. time for me to go back. Yes, your soul's happy there. Very happy. The happiest I ever been. So definitely, just finding my people and journaling and protecting my energy, not letting anybody who's gonna mess with me, even if I do have my crystals on me. My tribe. Ooh, we're we're an amazing bunch of people Mm -hmm. like the way I see my tribe of people I found like I think I found like one (laughs) person of my tribe I'm waiting on the rest of them we'll find each other soon enough good um my like my tribe we motivate each other positive energy only and we're there when we get into our low vibrational mood and we continue to push and motivate each other and and just live through each other like spiritually but not not in a destructive like vicarious way like in a good healthy way like helping like passing the good energy on to you type vibe you know I see us being very multicultural very diverse because we have to pull in we have to pull in some of everybody's culture into this Mm -hmm. because it all ties in my personal opinion I feel like spirituality comes from a little bit of everybody's culture so I see my tribe being something very some a group of people being very diverse with all different kinds of identities I love that for you and I I envision mine the same way um very motivating giving each other the confidence to be ourselves and just live the life it help each other live the lives that we want to live and help each other heal like I think that is probably like the most important aspect is 
the healing part. And that's something that I've learned a lot during quarantine is, you know, healing and forgiving people and situations in my past that have lied to me and have lied to how I view myself now, essentially. And I, you know, for me, I kind of attest that to like my upbringing and, you know, what college was like for me. I moved to central Illinois which mm-hmm. is central Illinois. It's, you know, it's, it's not a lot of diversity. There is the U of I, which is nice. But if you go a little bit farther down where we were, like there's really not that much. But I was telling my other guest that I was so in shock when I went to my college of just seeing other brown people that I like had a panic attack because I was so not used to not being the only one in the room. And so to like see all these different types of people like freaked me out. And of course, it didn't take me until this past year to realize that the way that, you know, I was indoctrinated into white culture, I just ended up like freaking out and not being connected to my soul self and my higher self and realizing that, you know, my blackness is my power as well. And it's just, it's interesting how life will give us those lessons and it will help us be able to heal and move forward. So one of the questions that I asked a couple of my other guests is what you want people to know about your upbringing and how it helped you become the person that you are today. Obviously, you can't do it all at once, but break as many generational curses as you can. As much as I love my family, still living in their house and breaking generational curses, those are, Mm -hmm. they go hand in hand, but they, they butt heads. It's been really hard trying to teach my family like different things of what's, what's okay and what's not okay and not what is not okay, not not by society standards, but for our own mental well-being, you can't do this. and you, Or not that you can't do it, you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And to have them combat that with, this is discipline, this is the way it's always been, blah, 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 blah. And not being able to like get away from that immediately is something entirely different. I think so far, my mom you know, it goes down the line. My grandma broke some generational curses. My mom broke some generational curses. I am attempting to break some. It has been proven to be a lot more difficult than I thought, mm-hmm. but you're doing the work. I am. I am. I am putting in the work. I'm doing everything that I feel I am supposed to be doing. And I'm, I'm doing it for the well-being of my younger sister, just the mm. hope that she has in my dad. Thank you so much for tuning in to your only Black Friend podcast. Don't forget to follow and rate the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor, hopefully all five stars. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at your only Black Friend podcast to stay up to date on new episode drops. Are you part of the BIPOC community and have an only experience you'd like to share? Send me an email at youronlyblackfriendpodcast at gmail.com. And let's see if you can be on the show. Thanks, everybody, and shout out to all the onlys in the room. You got this.